Peace and blessings, family. It is the goddess behind the gab. It is your girl, them chakras. The same one who aligns her chakras and twerks something at the same damn time. The one who is saging her home to trap music. The same one who loves who you are. The same one reminding you to be who you be unapologetically. The same one who likes you and loves you. If no one has told you today, let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you. And overall, I want to hear from you. So please, please send your emails to chr. R-B-R-I-A-N-A at gmail.com so that we can share stories. We can share moments. You can ask questions. We can get you into alignment. Please make sure that you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Demchakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S, so that we can continue the conversation from here. And let's make sure that we are in a positive space. So let's receive the message that is coming your way with all the positive intent, if that is okay. So let's breathe in. Let's breathe out and let's get into the episode. Some blessings, family. We are back for another amazing episode, one of which I have been um, gifted with the experience to converse with three amazing individuals. I could not imagine having this conversation with anyone else. Um, I just kind of wanted to tap in and tune in and do some shadow work with some people who I know were in tune with themselves there may be some tears i'm pretty sure it's gonna be a lot of cursing and um i'm excited though i'm excited because i know that these people are going to be real and raw and really transparent so we have the author of naked in the building actually she's back for the second time it's queen poison how are you beautiful i'm getting good i'm strong i'm strong i'm hanging in there we had a, a issue at work today but um i'm cool we have my kindred brother, my brother from another mother. Really are the same color because we're both light skin. Uh, brother BJ, how are I am amazing and nervous as shit. Yes, okay. be, be nervous. Be nervous. It's, that's where all the feel is at. That's where all the feel is I don't got is. time for y'all. I I'm know y'all about to do something ridiculous. Man. I'm nervous. I am like on a call with three people that pulled the absolute worst, the dirt, the guilt, the tears. I don't have time, but I'm here. Let's That's get to the it. Shadow work. That's the shadow work. And we have Mr. CEO Hayes himself, the lovable butthead. Sir, how are you? Lovable asshole. If you're going to say my name, say, <laughs> right. say the whole thing. Now, I'm I'm, I'm really nice. <laughs> I'm good. I'm amazing, as you know. Me, you've talked. Uh, I talked to all three of you individually about it. Like I'm honestly like in one of the best periods of my life right now. I smile every day. I laugh every day. Like it's it's amazing, and the clarity that I've had over the last like 60 days or so has just been amazing as hell. So I'm like I'm in a really good space. You call me on a really good day. That's that's good. That's, that's cool. what's up. That's... Yo, Nick, don't speak up. <laughs> I'm not going first. Fine, I'll go first. Okay. Um, you said the question was, would I have given that to myself? Could you have given? So, what was it that you needed? I needed not just communication, but comprehension. Okay. Okay. And that's that's probably one of the the heaviest parts of the conversation tonight. Um, could you have given that to yourself? Um, yes, because initially 
the communication and comprehension part was open mm-hmm. and we didn't have any issues. But as the relationship progressed, it was on a heavy decline. And I don't know if it was um, based on his feelings, based on the situation at the time or what it could have been because I never really got the explanation that I needed. Okay. Mm. Which one of y'all kings are sliding? I could have took that joke somewhere. I'll go next. Um, And this is something that I actually spoke about on Best Friends Talking Shit, I believe, is that um, it was space for me. And, like, the way that I described Mm -hmm. that is, like, it's space to just be me. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, space to um, just have my moment. I think, like, in that situation, it was like an overbearing thing of feeling like there was only one way to be there for me. And I'm the type of person to where I need I need the space to work, work through it myself, like whatever it is. I need really time and opportunity to be in me and see where I am. And not that I don't appreciate the support or appreciate someone trying to be there. But I feel like in that situation, that space was looked at as a negative where it's like, no, let me let me get me right. Let me get me right without dragging you down. Let me have that space to really figure out where I am, because me trying to figure it out is not going to do nothing but drag you into this black hole that I'm in. And I don't want to do that. So that's what it was for me. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Are you ready for me to go off? Yes. All right. So, uh. When I got this, it was difficult because, like I said, I couldn't sum it up in one person. It was multiple people. And um, the the issue that I believe that I experienced the most was that I didn't realize that even though I blamed them for the issue, the problem was actually me. Mm-hmm. Um, so to say the person's name out loud is not a person, it's people. And it's an R&B group of bitter bitches. That's their name, bitter bitches. <laughs> Right. Let's just start there. You know, I gave them a name. I made them a group. They call R&B bitches, bitter bitches. Right. <laughs> and they sing. They sing the same sad love song today. Oh my Like, God. like real shit, real shit. Um, I still see the, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you know, posts lonely. It's complicated. Is this and that. OK, cool. But. What it did show me in this process of doing, of course, the shadow work is that um, the one thing that I wanted out of all of those relationships was peace. Mm. Mm. Right. Um, There was a a heavy dysfunction on each relationship on a different level. Um, One interfered with my spiritual life. The other one um, played with. Uh, my emotions and sensitivities the other one um, became a little volatile in a sense so like um, in the midst of all of these things um, I wanted peace but what I realized is that I couldn't necessarily understand why I couldn't give it to myself until I realized that I was headstrong and not heartstrong Because I felt like, well, if they're acting out in this way, it has to be for a reason. And my heart would um, go before my thought process of 
you know, how to manage my own peace, like not react to the cussing, the fighting and all of these different things. I was more or less weak um, by the heart to try to investigate what this is that keeps presenting itself in the relationships. And you know that when you find yourself in the same predicaments, it may not be the same catalyst, but it still is that turmoil and that constant bickering. I felt like I had something in common with it. And ultimately it was because I was too damn weak to stand up for myself and declare my need for peace. Mm-hmm. And, and so leaving them in their destruction was the way that I gained my peace. And sometimes that's just a choice you have to make. So that's that's why it was so hard for me to deal with this because I'm being nice with what I'm saying. So, I, I mean... I don't know where the hell you came from. I don't... I just want to choke the shit out you. You, you be <laughs> right there with it. Like, the, those are the moments of shadow work that are so pivotal because shadow work is is meant for you to take it and to place blame where blame is to be placed and then mm-hmm. to figure out what role you play in it. Like you could place blame on somebody all day long. Like you could, you know, tell somebody what it is that they did wrong, but to understand the role that you play in that. Right, right. A lot. So you're, you're saying there were this arm regroup bitter bitches but it's like you were the executive producer behind these to the behavior like those are those moments to take shadow work and to make it a creative process as such uh, for you to come to those revelations is is a beautiful thing thank you (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to tell y'all i don't want to take this over but i really have a lot to say like yeah. a lot to say. No, it's this. This is this is what we're here for. Um. In so in those moments, and we'll start with you because that that's a that's a word. Do you feel like the chaos? Because you stated that you were more um, headstrong and not heartstrong, correct? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you deserve the chaos? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like um there was a period where I wanna say this was like in between maybe the the time that I initially got my uh CDL mm-hmm. license and um I wanna say this this is may this may be between twenty two and twenty five. age bracket um i got to a point where um immediately after i got my cdl to drive trucks that was like the the worst period of loneliness that i had ever experienced because i didn't even realize that being homesick was a thing and so of course one of you know the relationships that i'm referring to in this particular time frame she felt a sense of abandonment when I decided to take the route I took to provide for my family. And um, there was a moment where you begin to believe you have the capabilities of writing your own story, in a sense, your own love story. You think that this pain and this frustration that you're experiencing is like a plot twist in this beautiful story that's going to write itself. 
And somehow, some way, I convinced myself that I could make a difference to uh, the turmoil that this young lady was pretty much like exhibiting in her rage and her attitude when it was daddy issues, mama issues, it was uh, selfishness, it was all these different things going on that didn't play a significant part of my, you know, behaviors or actions towards her. And I think the reason why I accepted the chaos is because I thought that it was going to make for a good story to tell when it was time for me to have children, Mm -hmm. when it was time for me to share with the family. I get to um, share my experiences amongst the other toxic family members. I can relate to you. I have something just as significant and toxic as you do when we come together and share our stories. Like it made me feel like I belong to something. And over time, I realized that it was just like tearing away at the heart I'm trying to build up for the relationship that I honestly wanted, which I just got less than three years ago. You know what I'm saying? So like my shadow work was all was ultimately thinking that I could change people. I could fix shit. I could, you know, of course, being headstrong, having the intuitive belief that I can make the necessary change you would need to be a better person while deteriorating my own heart. These people didn't care about the things I was given. Shitting on me, cheating on me, lying to me, having kids on me, the whole deal. So, yeah, I I did think that I deserved it, but I mean, I, I still don't know what I'm doing with that very thing to this day. Like how does how does it make me feel now? I don't know. It those are one of those moments where you won't know until in the event it ever rears its head again because it's something that you have suppressed in a healthy manner. People who mm. suppress things negatively or they suppress them solely for the reason for them never to have to go through that again, they do it for the the purpose of actually physically healing because when you go through emotional pain whether you know it or not your heart does actually break so there are small muscles in your atriums that when you go through um, like stress and turmoil like what a breakup does to your body it starts to wear on these small parts of your um, of those muscles of your atrium and they start to thin out so a lot of the times when you hear that somebody died from a broken heart it's true because they're the atrium could no longer handle the pressure that's that's stemming from the stress and they i.e. have heart attacks or their heart stops working or things of that nature um Mm. so it's really amazing what the body you know tells what the brain tells the rest of the body to do um not really sticking on the icebreaker too much more um mine was just reassuring and i just i have went through a lot a lot of uh cheating in my previous relationship um seven years worth of cheat like not one year could it just be up and um, no matter how many times my gut was telling me that something was up I would go to him for this reassurance and just be like you know we good right and he's just like yeah we good um and I believed him for the most part but at the same token I needed reassurance on top of that reassurance that what he was reassuring me was actually true um do I deserve reassurance hell yeah like I think everybody does. I think, you know, at a point you get to, um, you get to in your life where in a relationship, you don't necessarily question the relationship, but every now and then, you know, if you're not feeling a certain aspect of the relationship as much as you used to, you go to that person looking 
healthy for them to just keep it okay. You know, a partner, I don't call them relationships, I call them partnerships because that's supposed to be your partner. Like, that's supposed to be the person that you do things with, not necessarily experience a bunch of negative shit. Like, um, Hayes and I talked about that on the last episode that we recorded about going through bullshit with people. Like, your partner's not there just to experience bullshit with you. You definitely are supposed to experience the beautiful things in life as well. That's why I really don't consider relationships because relationships are just relations. Like, like that that's the point of the word, you know? If that's the case, then anybody I've ever slept with, I've been in a relationship with. So basically, the objective of the conversation is to discuss how through top behaviors, we develop habits. And those same behaviors influence and affluent um, relationships, like the overall behaviors we have in relationships. Y'all know the difference between affluence and influence, though, right? Like, not question y'all intelligence y'all do y'all know the difference though yeah all right so i just like to make sure everybody's clear um for those listening influence is the overall um more so physical behavior of things like when something influences it influences the reaction affluence is to influence the overall feelings so um all right did y'all grow up so hayes i know you grew up in a two-parent household up until you were how old? 16. And BJ, how did you, you grow up in a two-parent household? Nope. Oh, okay, okay. Queen? No. Okay, all right. So that, that, uh, that's going to make some shit shake. Okay. Um. So, Hayes, let's start with you because we, we kind of grew up a lot of like, like my parents didn't divorce till I was four. No, I was 11. It wasn't finalized till I was 14. Um. How so did y'all watch well Hayes, you watched your mother and father love each other, like be around each other, PDA, um, conversations. Do you date anything like what you've seen? Hmm. I don't think so. Well, I didn't I didn't see much dating. Um so I wouldn't say I did. I think I'm uh, I'm very much like my father, but I wouldn't know what that means as far as the dating sense. Like I just I saw my parents together. Like my parents, even in their divorce, I didn't see like a bunch of negative. Like in my mindset, even though I know they probably argued, like um, I saw my parents go from like this loving, great relationship to one argument, and then the next moment they were divorced. Like that's that's how it seemed to me, looking from the outside in. Um, so. Um, I would think that I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I do anything like either one of them to be quite honest, but I may, I may be wrong on that. I don't know. So hold that because <laughs> we might be able to tap into that. Um, so BJ, you grew up in a household with your mother, I'm assuming. Yep. With my mom. Did you, were you ever able to watch your mother? date? No, I've <laughs> never, uh, I've never actually seen my mother date any man ever um i remember like small bits and pieces of experiencing my mother and father co-parenting but they weren't together and of course i didn't know that because i was too young to understand the dynamic of their relationship Mm -hmm. and um my father is a military man ultimately but what is interesting about this story is he's another man that's headstrong but not heartstrong okay um he and I had some conversations as men where he kind of detailed that 
Um, a lot of the missteps, even with my mother, came from him trying to find a sense of identity when it came to love because he knew that he liked a lot of people, but he never felt connected. And um, that ultimately hurt my feelings, of course, because he's talking to me about my mother, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? And um, I know that my mom probably would have been comfortable to date had him and her had a better relationship Mm -hmm. because since that breakup point, like she just didn't want to like allow me to see her with random men. Like I've never came home from school and seen a nigga on the couch. Like never, like I've never seen that. And so, um, dating for me came from just having an imagination because of course I didn't have no dating skills either. So I would like get my dating skills from television and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I was a reader early on so like you know we reading like the canterbury tales and all of this stuff that's going on in literature and folklore and you picking up things in books and you're trying them out and of course they're not successful because there's like a huge age gap between the person you dating versus when this stuff is written but you know it's just honest trial and error because i never seen like healthy love like even with the ones that were married it wasn't healthy at the time of me, you know, being exposed to it. So I just kind of like bumped my head in love until I want to say like all of what you guys get from BJ now just kind of surfaced at like maybe 25. Okay. And you're old now? I am 34 now. So that's a, you're coming up on about a decade and and 10 is not time of completion. So you, you, you may see a, a huge change in behavior in your behaviors. I mean, health changes within like the next year. But I'm speaking right, that into right. um, point. So for me growing up, um, even though I was raised by a single mother, I saw several different relationships. I saw the relationship between her parents, um, the relationship she had with my father or lack thereof. Um, the point in time where she was married, which was, I say around the time I was starting middle school, going into high school, and the point where she is now where she's single and she's dating. So with my grandparents, like they were married literally till death did they part. They had a huge family. I had a whole host of, you know, great aunts and uncles from that relationship. So they showed me what a healthy relationship looks like where, you know, you're not going to always get along. You're not going to always agree. However, out of respect, you come to a compromise. You talk things out. You don't do the uh, silent treatment. That wasn't in our house. You know, if they were upset, somebody might sit in one room. The other person might sit in the next room. But before the night ended, they made a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they really were a partnership. They looked out for each other. They made sure everything within, not just their relationship, but within the family as an entity was taken care of. Then when it came to my mom and my dad, my mom is responsible. She's dependable. She's the person that you can come to to talk to about anything. If you need it, she'll give you the shirt off her back. My dad is the complete opposite. 
he's irresponsible. He's selfish. He's very much about self. Okay. He's, he's into flashy and spending money, money that he don't necessarily have. Okay. Um, growing up, my dad would always play the blame game when it came to my mom. She won't bring you over here. She won't let you see me. When reality, my mom was like, he's always known where we lived. Whenever he wants to come get you, he can get you. I don't have to always take you there. Mm-hmm. And my mom never badmouthed my dad. She was like, I'm going to let you see him for the person that he is and make your own decision. That is probably one of the healthiest behaviors that I wish that more people would take. More people would take on. We'll, we'll talk about that, too. But um, that that in itself, I feel like, is, is such an important concept to grasp when it comes to rearing children because it's just like no matter what he's doing to you or what she's doing to you let me make that decision for myself that was one of the biggest beasts I had with my parents so my mother suffers from mental illness and um my father used to tell me all the time like your mother's not right and it's like well I'm not saying that because when she around me she's fine but when it came to like coming to get us because we live with my father so we were the opposite when um when my mother would come to get us from way out where we live my mother was always on her meds fully functioning like we never had a problem so my father telling me that my mother was like off or like off her rock I'm like well I'm not saying that so but I started to kind of take those moments where like she was yelling at us or like we did something wrong she lashing out I'm like oh well I wasn't taking her serious because I'm just like oh well, she's just crazy. Like, you know, she must not have took her pills. And the whole time, it's just, she's being a mom. So I think that that's important. I also take that into consideration with, um, with I want to say our child, my son's father. And I, um, when it comes to raising our son, like, granted, he's two, almost three. But even now, like, in the moments where him and I don't agree, I don't ever, because he's impressionable, I don't ever go to him like, your father ain't shit. That, that just, it's not necessary. I don't feel. Yeah, it's toxic, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, the fun, the funny thing I wanted to like kind of pick up where she, you know, left off because that was my mother, too. She never bad mouth my father. But a lot of what my father had done and even some of the things that he was totally oblivious to got back to me still in all in those impressionable stages. Like there was a um, a story that got back to me and I don't even think that he knew this, but this actually happened. My mother, of course, she named me Brandon. Um, I believe my name was going to be Cameron before they settled on Brandon. And my initials are B-E-J. My middle name is Edward, right? Named after my mother's father, which Mm -hmm. is his his middle name is Edward, too. So um, she came to this realization as a mother that she wanted to have a girl next and that she would keep the sequence of the initials. So um, her next daughter name would be Brittany, Erica, to keep the initials. Right. And somehow, some way, her and my father have a disconnect. And I think she may have made mention of this conversation. Now, they've already broken up, went on to, you know, their own separate way, whatever. And I think at the time, my father has a new girlfriend, but still in all their co-parenting. So it was a family gathering of some sort. And my mother still kept that same, you know, ideal that she would name her next kid with the same letter sequence. And I think my father's baby mama heard it. Mm. Now, I have a sister 
not by my mom, named Brittany Erica. Ooh. Oh, that's petty. Right. Now, I don't think my father knew that, you know, of course, this woman did this because there was a there was a brother that came before my sister and his name was Marcus. So ultimately, it wasn't like coincidence that this happened. I think that this was just baby mama pettiness Mm -hmm. and it just totally skipped over him. But we ended up finding out this story. And I'm like, damn, like I blame my father for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like you as a man and this this is probably something that he wasn't exposed to. But still, in all, now that I'm an adult and I understand energy like you have to control that energy amongst the women that you lay with. Very much true. You have to establish that respect. Okay, this is my first son's mother. This is the first one that made me the father that I am. So everything that you benefit from as the second baby mama came from my experiences with this first woman. You have to respect her in order for us to continue moving forward or it's going to disrupt the relationship and possibly separate the siblings. Like you have to know how to navigate those things. But as a young boy, when I heard the story, I was disappointed because even after Brittany, he had another baby by the same woman and she kept the tradition. She stole the tradition from my mother. I have a brother. I have a brother named Blake Elijah. Mm. So like, I'm like, damn, like this is really like a fucked up story. You know what I'm saying? And um, like I said, I blamed him for it, but it wasn't until me and him had a conversation, which I didn't know was his shadow work moment, too. And he told me, like, the one thing that I can say is that even though you've had some bad relationships, some of the stuff that, you know, of course, he was able to see in me while I was going through it. He was, of course, there when I lost my daughter because, of course, he lost a son. So that was a bonding moment for us. And he was telling me that the most impressed, the most impressing thing about me that he honestly saw firsthand was that I wasn't afraid to own that. I finally found my heart. You know what I'm saying? And he was just like, I'm struggling with that same thing. It's just not knowing when to be compassionate versus being headstrong and being a leader and being responsible, like how to care for other people because I ended up having to love my my siblings in place of my father while he was going through his shadow work. Yeah. Telling them that okay, yeah, he's not present, but he has his struggles. You have to respect that man's struggle and he's going to return back to you and make up for the things that you feel like you're lacking right now. There was a point where my mother even told me that the reason why I need to be grateful for him not being as financially supportive was because I still didn't want for nothing. Like your father has other children to take care of that are less fortunate than you, but you still don't want for nothing. Like that's the power of the black woman. Yeah. Like still, still teaching you value, even in her traumas, even, even in her being disappointed that this nigga didn't stick by represent or be there for her. Mm -hmm. So all of these things are like a part of me as a man, like still trying to figure out, well, how do I make a woman feel valuable when these type of things happen? When you break up with somebody, how to break up on a cordial note versus the traumatic bullshit. Like you have to go through those shadow work moments. And this is why, like, I think my dating sucked because I never really took the time to do this process at all. 
So let's let's flow with that energy for a moment because so Hayes and I have children and not together. Jesus. Um no and um <laughs> BJ you you've actually parted with your daughter um and my mm-hmm. heart out to you. Um and when you you don't have children, correct? Correct. Okay. So let's flow with that energy knowing what you know about what you've experienced as a child and and watching your parents emotional transgressions and partnerships what is one piece of advice that you would gift your children based on what you witnessed as a child Mm. whether it be good or bad so like for instance with with my son the one piece of good advice that i could gift him is in knowing everything that I know about the eight-year relationship that I was in with his father is that there are going to be aspects of your relationship that won't blind you, like that won't stop you from making the sound decision. It's going to allow you to part with that person peacefully. So when my son, when I broke up with my son's father, when I decided that I could not do this anymore, we... We just sat down and talked about it and he agreed to it. And that was it. Like it wasn't nothing else. It wasn't like now after the fact, what I broke the oven door, like it, and it was a couple, maybe a couple days after that. That's how bad it was. Um, But in that moment, it was just, it was too honorable. And it's because we knew that above anything, we were friends first. The one negative piece of uh, the one negative not negative, but one piece of advice that I would give him based on negative energy um, or negative experience would be that somebody could love you until they could love you no more and still cheat on you. Like, love don't have shit to do with the relations behind it. Like, a person will step outside of your relationship solely for fun or for the sport of sex and not feel any remorse because they didn't look at it the way that you looked at it. When he stepped out, he was saying that it was just like to experience something new. It wasn't, it wasn't no feelings behind it. And that was the justification. And I had to remind him, like, I don't care what your reasoning was for it. It still hurt. So what's one piece of, I guess, advice that you would give based on the positive points of a relationship that you've experienced. And then one piece on a negative no. Mm, sometimes, well, not sometimes. Love just isn't enough. I think that we often train ourselves to think that if you if you love them through it, it's going to be enough. If you just if if you love the hell out of them, it's it's going to be enough. If they just love you and so to to a certain extent, it's going to be enough. And it's not not all the time. You have to have more than that. It has to be dedication. It has to be intention. Like love just isn't enough sometimes. And that doesn't mean that you stop loving that person. It doesn't mean that you all of a sudden hate them or whatnot, but it means that you, 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 you don't necessarily have to go through bullshit because of love. You don't have to go through anything that hurts you because of love. You don't have to go anything that isn't feeding you emotionally, physically, mentally, just because you love that person. And sometimes it's best to love from a distance. And I think that we aren't taught that like the depiction of everything and like 
media and TV and film is just like, if I just love this person, I'm just, everything's going to be right. The moment we fall in love, love is just that we mystify love and it's, and it's, it, it's just not right. In my opinion, I, I, the whole mystifying love thing is bullshit in my opinion. And I think once we break that down and just focus on the fact that love is an action, and if those actions aren't backing it up, it's not going to be enough to get you through. Um, and then one positive thing is, Never deny your needs for anybody like never, never dim your light so someone else can feel like they're shining. Mm. Mm. Damn, bro. Um, I think if I could tell a child of mine anything is to never allow um, unhealthy people to manufacture your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. One of the reasons why I say that is because um, there's things that I've grown up in my adult life with that I totally hate at this point. Like, I hate the statement, a real man. Like, a real man figuratively isn't real. It's manufactured. It's the, the impartation of a woman telling you real men are supposed to when that very same woman probably has never even experienced a real man in her life to justify what she's saying. Um, there's a point where you hear a woman say, men's supposed to take out the trash. Okay, yes, primarily, but ultimately, why is it that when the man is not available, the trash still sits there? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to kind of rewrite these stigmas that we place on men to where they believe that the only time the trash gets taken out is when the man does it. Or the only time a person is being respected or cared for is when the woman is satisfied first. Like we have to stop manufacturing these men to believe that it's okay for them to be overlooked, neglected, mistreated, heartbroken, cursed out, slapped, kicked, you know, and busting windows out their car. All of this shit that happens to black boys is the reason why they they turn away from the very women that that they're supposed to love. And I think the conversations that I would have with my son, which of course I tell my lady, I tell my lady this all the time. Like I really am terrified of having a son because I feel like I would be extremely hard on him because of all of the traumatic things that I've gone through where I've only felt like doing dirty work was my worth. You know what I'm saying? And I just don't want to I don't want to produce another black boy that will feel that way. So I just feel like I would be extremely hard on him. Um, He would he would probably be tired of his dad, like drilling his worth into him because I'm so terrified of him feeling like me at a point. And then to have a daughter and to have to raise her in such a way to where one, I have to admit to her what I've done to women Two, I would have to probably steer her away from a lot of the women she's going to probably be friends with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these different things that you would have to, you know, do for a little girl. So I would probably tell her the same thing. Like, don't let your father's mistakes be your defining moments. You know, take those lessons, of course, that I give you, but take them and figure them out for yourself. Yeah. Understand how you would feel in the position where a man just so happens to replicate something that your father done. Mm-hmm. If you love if you love me like you say you do as my daughter, then have some compassion for that man that resembles your father. Mm. 
You know what I'm saying? Like these things mm-hmm. that we don't think about when we raise kids because we try to produce a byproduct of ourselves that's not tainted and think that we're doing something good when mm-hmm. we're not correcting our actions mm-hmm. in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm so terrified of being a parent because I'm like so hard on myself. And I know that I'm going to possibly be just as hard on those kids because I, I definitely want the absolute best for something that I've created. Yeah. So that's that's the the shadow work process I got to go through to step into my rightful position of possibly being the parent. So it's it's hard. That shit is terrifying. My I, damn, bro. God, like Jesus. That's why I be hating for y'all to have me on these shows, man. Like <laughs> I I really do because I feel I feel like I bring the soap opera like dramatics because my stories like people I tell people all the time if I really went into all of the shit that I've been through, people would not believe me. Like and I I'd be so terrified of like sounding like Oh my God, here he goes again. But that is really my life. Before, Queen, before we hop into your pieces of advice, because I know, Hayes, you said you had to get out of here at one point, correct? Yes, ma'am. What, as a father, because now I have both of you in the same safe space. So this, this is one place that I am really big on finding the solution. And BJ, you have said so much. Hey, you're a father of two boys and two girls. What is one piece of advice that you could give to BJ from raising a boy and raising a girl in the in the stance that he feels now? What is one thing that you feel like you could possibly gift him to relieve a bit of that that hesitation or a, a bit of that fear? I will say this is that he he touched on something he said you know it's something that he created something that he brought into this world and i think that bj i want you to to know that yes we do we do have the opportunity to to mold our children into like a vision that we see of them we get to kind of try to push them into the direction and we notice that potential in them early on that is our gift and our curse as parents is that we can we see where they're going and where they're headed, both good and negative. But I, I also that the traumas that you have went through, you went through so that you can guide them away from that. So don't be don't be fearful of them falling to the same thing you have. You what what we have that our parents that our generation didn't have is now we know the importance of mental health. We know the importance of talking through things that many people just took as this is just part of the life. The stories that you've shared both on this and in podcasts that we've done together, I know it's only probably a tip of the iceberg of of your life and you've been through some shit, but you, you know, you know, you know and understand something that your father, my father didn't understand. You know, the importance of keeping yourself mentally centered and I also want to, and this is something that I've been waiting for an opportunity to, to say to you. Um, 
you often categorize yourself as sensitive. And I want you to keep this in mind. Um, and I know I'm getting ready to leave and I'm not trying to like leave, leave on anything hanging. Apologize if, the, if I leave you guys and I, and I throw this off for a loop. But you got to keep in mind when you say I am anything. You are the observer that that what you are. So I am sensitive. I am strong. That changes. You're observing you doing those actions, but those actions don't define you. BJ, you're not sensitive. You have sensitive moments like all of us. But you are also one of the strongest people that I personally know because of your ability to talk about these things. And you're helping break people out of mental chains. You are not just sensitive. Stop whittling yourself down to anything. And I know I'm kind of getting off the topic. BJ, you are a gift to this culture. Mm -hmm. And I truly, truly don't think that you understand that sometimes. I think that you sit back and you see the things you've gone through. And, it, and, it, and it, of course, it it sits with you because you're such a deep thinker. But you're not just sensitive. You're a king. You're my brother. You're strong. You're intelligent. You're mindful. You're respectful. You you are everything. And and but and by knowing that, knowing that you are everything, you have every bit of that in you. Mm -hmm. Imagine what you can pass on to a son or a daughter. Imagine what a daughter that you have will see being able to see a man being able to be vulnerable when we didn't have that in our fathers. Imagine that you are create you will create probably one of the strongest, most mentally centered person to come into this planet. And I need you to understand that about yourself, BJ. I love you. I love you to fucking God death. Damn, bro. I, I like and and I know that we joke and we take things for granted and my time with you has been very short. But when I say BJ that you are like if my son grows up to be a fraction of what you are, mm. I will be proud as fuck. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And you know how much my children mean to me. So by that, guess how much you mean to me? Just think Damn. about that. Mm -mm -mm. It's it's those moments where and it's it it's crazy that it was said a man is at first the reflection of his father until he can create a reflection of himself. We do not have to grow up on the foundation that our parents had set forth for us. And that was a part of the shadow work as well. We, we have so many more advantages in this life and in the life that we are able to live now solely based on the fact that we understand that healing is possible and that the things that people have placed in front of us and the titles that we have been given and the roles that have been placed on black people alone are from just tradition. It's known for a black man to be angry. It's known for a black woman to be snappy, but it's also known that there are things that we grow up in that we never heal from. And it's because at what point were we gifted the opportunity in order to do it? We, I, I, I can't speak for me, but I know those people who weren't even able to speak up as children. Like you went to voice how you felt about something and your parent told you to shut your mouth. Mm. And it's not that they didn't want to hear it. It's because when they were growing up, that's what they were given as well. You had to know a child's place, but we're not children anymore. So in rearing children, we understand that the reflection that they that they gain is a reflection of somebody who grows like we we grow through some of the the filthiest fucking soil 
and this generation of who we are as individuals, especially as black people, are not that of our mothers and fathers, no matter if they were together or separate. BJ, the reflection that you hold of yourself is, is not the reflection of your father at all. Whether it be that you look like him, whether you know, in, in a genetic sense, or whether it be just that you're, you know, why chromosome is something, you know, somewhat the same. The reflection in which you are as a human being and the characteristics that you hold, your foundation, baby, is nothing. It's nothing compared to what you grew up with. And the reflection that you will gift your children in the day that you are honored to be a father will be nothing of which that you grew up on. Your mm-hmm. foundation will be fruitful, fruitful. And what you will you you will create in that will be something that they're able to eat off of forever. So what you're feeling now is what you're feeling now, but it is nothing, nothing compared to what you are growing into. This is your moment of change. This is a pivotal point. And I speak that into affirmation into you, King. I, I speak that upon your life and I pray that you receive it in the intent of which I choose to gift it to you because I choose to love you in this light because you deserve this love in this light. You are something royal. And you I knew, are I knew y'all something. was going to do this shit to me. I knew it. You put it on yourself, sir. Hey, I knew y'all see, was going to make me cry, man. Stop. I knew it. Let it out, bro. Like let it out and yeah, I, I and I hate to drop that on you right when I'm about to leave, but it's really been in my spirit to say that. Like I typed up a whole long ass text saying everything that I just said to you probably about two days ago. And I said, you know what? The I, I need him to hear me. I need him to feel my words when I say this. I don't want him to read this. I need hear him to hear this mm-hmm. because, bro, like you, you, you don't understand often the power that you have. And I know that's something that we all struggle from in, individually. But you you are the greatest of us, bro. Like in our circle, you truly are. And I'm not just saying that to gas you up. You are. That's why we protect you the way we do. That's why I guarantee you, if anyone ever came at you on Twitter or anything else, the backlash and the 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 way that we would assemble on that motherfucker would be (laughs) so ferocious that like people would not understand how to deal with it. And that's and that's not just out of a sense of loyalty. Yes, it is part that. But it's because what we what we see what you are and what where you're going and what you can become. And that needs to be protected because it's important to all of us. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that in yourself sometimes. And it makes me want to shake the shit out of you sometimes. <laughs> but, but for real, like it, it, it is. And, and like, I remember the first, our first conversation that we had, like on Twitter, you had mentioned how like the awakened soul was everything you wanted to change the subject to be. And I'm just looking at where you are now, like six, eight months later, bro. And I hope that you were like, we're, we're peers. Don't don't fucking look up to me. Like anything I need to look up to you, like you don't understand your ability to move people. I don't have that like you do. Like I, I can bring up subjects to move people, but just you being you moves the shit out of people. And I need you to I'm going to I'm going to outline the shit out of you the next time I see you because I need you to wake up, bro. But for real, man, like I I had to say this. It's been on my spirit for too long. And I know I've kind of gotten off track of the purpose of this podcast. But it 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 it, it literally the veins started popping in my neck because I was holding back saying that to you. And I needed to give that to you before I left. Man, the, the thing that makes it like emotional is because like y'all are like key influences like um you know should being able to write 
effortlessly how she feels. Like that's still like an act of practices that I think is tangible because I think like endearment comes from writing like love letters, you know, being able to connect spiritually with yourself. Like I, I look at things that Suge writes and how she describes her feelings, you know, you with, you know, having so many layers to your manhood and still being able to function amongst chaos and dealing with people and doing all of the things that you do and still create content at the level. Like I look at y'all and I, you know, Christian with the shit she be doing, you know, pulling, you know, from all parts of my, my fragmented emotions. Like I look at y'all and I say, okay, these are the people that I keep close because they steer me back to the focus. And every day I'm told that like, here comes another failure. Be prepared. Every day I'm told like, Okay, you knew you were supposed to rehearse these couple of lines that show going to fall short. So I push it off or like every day I'm struggling with just trying to measure up to my own standards and I keep y'all around. And I know that this core keeps me centered. So like to hear how y'all view me sometimes is overwhelming because I lean on y'all. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, how do you like how is the most a core sensitive or the most like fragile emotionally, you know, person, the person that's making the most difference. But I mean, hearing it is just like overwhelming as fuck because like I said, I lean on y'all like, you know, Christian hit me up. We all do it like wellness check. What's up? How y'all, how y'all doing over there? Like we do that. And those moments are like catalysts for me to smile in some of them dark spaces. I'd be in meditation when Christian hit me up in my truck going through the worst of emotions. And, hey, brother, you was you was on my mind in my spirit. How you doing? Like those things bring smiles like we keep each other centered. So just know, like y'all do a hell of a lot for me. And that this is why this is one of the reasons why. It's so hard for me to prepare for shows for the three of y'all. It take me months to come up with what to say to y'all. Because y'all encompass and embody so much of how I thrive through this shit. It's all about though. It's all it's all in love. Absolutely. Most definitely. I gotta get my ass up out of here. I love you three. Um, I love you more, nigga. <laughs> I love you, bro. Uh, I want to thank you, Christian, for inviting me. I'm sorry I have to cut out early. No, you know, good. you know how the life goes. But anything you need, y'all, y'all know where to find me. Um, anyone listening to this, if you don't know, follow me at CEO Hayes. Uh, but I'm sure Christian will plug the hell out of that. I'm out, y'all. I love y'all. Love you too. All right, bro. So oh since we're giving affirmations today. Okay, speak on that, Queen. Because you know I had to let y'all speak right quick. And I get in BJ's but every time. Every, every week. Own your shit. Own it. Stop acting yeah. like you're not great. Like we are. We all are great at different things. But that just makes us sums of one greater part. Right, right, right. Like podcasting, that's not my thing no more. That's why I stick to writing now. I, I'm good at that. That's my lane. We're all good at different things. You know, Christian with the shadow work and spirituality and 
horoscopes because I'm still trying to learn to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you and Hayes with y'all podcast and the content that y'all create, like, the Teach Me How to Love You Better segment, like, that is my favorite. Yes, yes. And the fact that, you know, I've watched you from just being in the background with the grime lures all the way to where you're at now, like, you have grown immensely, mm-hmm. immensely, and I cannot say it enough of how proud I am of you and your growth. And I will always be proud of you, and I will always be in your corner, and I will always put my foot to your ass. Real shit. When you doubt yourself. And I gotta work on it because um, I just had a conversation earlier today, and um, it terrified me. Because the question that was asked is, like, why do you hide yourself in groups? Mm. Like, and I already felt that. I had already put that out there. Like, you know, I've always felt like I've shortchanged myself because I would, like, try to push somebody that I felt like shine brighter than me forward, you know. And um, the question was asked, like, why do you hide yourself in groups? And... I still don't really have an answer to it, but what I'm using um, now going forward is like, I don't necessarily hide myself in the group, but I definitely want to be centered in the midst of it because I still think that there's a responsibility to keep people together, to um, promote the type of like influence that we have on one another to everyone else. You know, and that that's something I take pride in because I always was the kid that didn't have a tribe. I didn't have the friends. I I don't have a childhood friend at all. And that was ultimately because the circumstances keeping me away from bonding. So um, I think I was comfortable with hiding in those spaces because I was enjoying what I was getting from the space. But it wasn't until I wanted to actually accomplish something for myself that it will fall short because it's like, well, okay, aren't you the guy that's supposed to be doing the editing or aren't you the guy that's supposed to be doing the background? And it's like when you finally want to step up, it seems like those dull moments always show. And just hearing this conversation, even though it makes me emotional, it definitely empowers me that the shadow work that I'm doing is not in vain. It's not. You know, know, I get to really experience a lot of great moments of clarity you know um the joy i get to feel when i'm actually sitting down writing these shows out and i finally figure out an issue that i had at 17 or an issue that i had at 21 and it comes to me in purging on paper Mm -hmm. you know and like all of those things like shadow work is very important and I, i i thank you because it wasn't until you that it even became a term I definitely didn't use that term until you broke that down for me and made it so plain and, you know, so detailed. And like, I love y'all. Like, I really do feel like this is my family above my own bloodline. Like, this is my family. And this is what keeps me centered. And this is what I depend on when I have those moments of doubt. I brag on y'all so much. And I've known y'all for probably maybe five months but I have like blood siblings like blood siblings and I don't brag on them half as hard 
but I also realize that it also it, it has a lot to do with the amount of progress that I see in them. We weren't raised different at all. It's just that we adapted different to the rearings of our parents. So like my brother and I grew up in a household with my mother and my father. Um, and then my little sister was adopted. And then we found out that I had a sister and then my father got married. So then my stepsister came in. But in the rearing, my brother didn't even take it how I took it. And out of all my siblings, my parents, both of my parents always agree. Like out of all my kids, you are the most emotional, but you are also the hardest working child that I have. Like you bust your ass in every aspect of life. And you are the one that I have no concerns about. And it's because I, I take from, from everyone around me and I figure out how not so that I can use it to an advantage. But if this person is to surround me for a reason, I got to figure out the reason. And the reason with y'all is that y'all are so fruitful in what it is that y'all do. And you're so genuine with what it is that y'all do that for a very long time did I only have like one real friend. And in five months, I've gained this family. But with y'all, I have gained this these siblings. And y'all fucking rock. Like y'all are some amazing ass people. And I was telling Hayley, the other day I would hate for it to be a problem because it's to the point now where I love y'all to the point where I will burn the fucking city down (laughs) (laughs) and I don't want it to ever get that bad but in all of my shadow work I also realized that I ain't wrapped too tight and that I'm a geek about mine so I I love y'all and this conversation took a huge turn but again we just kind of flow with the frequency over here and it's definitely going to end up being a part two to this yeah um, i see that i see that i fuck with y'all and i i mean it i would burn the fucking city down Please and they would just have to they would literally have to ask me like ma'am what happened and i'm gonna have to tell them i don't know <laughs> all i know is is i'm a geek about mine i know that they said something about my queen or they said something about my brother or they Mm. said something about my lovable asshole that I didn't like and I blacked the hell out and when I came to the entire fucking downtown was on fire I don't know but we here and whatever y'all gonna charge me with just charge me with yeah yeah I don't play about y'all and I just think that like I want um I just wanted to continue to evolve because every day it seems as if like I learned something more about people I've like gained these strong connections from. It's like every day it's a lesson with y'all. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's the beauty of the relationship because I've known people for decades and didn't learn shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I just really pride myself on making sure that any circle that I'm in, especially this one, it has to stay together. So, like, even if we have to do shadow work together, that's where we at. You know, we have to help each other in those spaces, too, where help me make some sense of some shit that I have to deal with as a kid that, of course, you may be experienced in shadow work dealing with. Like, I think that that's where we are. Like, we not those 
fly by night friends where it's like, oh, well, he'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, that ain't us. Like, we we really do wellness checks. And, you know, that's like our what you doing. You know what I'm saying? That's our what you doing text. Like, wellness check, where you at? You ain't been around. You ain't on the timeline. You ain't doing this. You ain't doing that. Where you at? How you feel? How you living? You know? And those moments are valuable, you know? But I knew this shit was going to happen. So <laughs> I knew it. So I got an analogy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So boom. <laughs> Imagine you're the sun, right? Mm-hmm. So the sun doesn't realize it's the sun. It just shines, illuminates, it exists. Mm-hmm. It touches and affects everything. So BJ, I want you to realize that you're the sun. Yay. Dang. Yeah, all right. Damn. That's the effect you have on everything else, but it's dead. Man, oh man. I hear you and receive you, sis. I do. I really do. Oh, my God. Where's the tissues <laughs> at? I I enjoy y'all being in this safe space. I, I never even thought to put, put together a podcast. I just listened to them because there's so there's so much entertainment in it because you, you find people um, share different aspects of their life in different in different lights. So you have people who are more so comedic, you know, comedic about their trauma. You find people who are really like in depth and in tune with their trauma and are trying to work past it. And then you find people who just kind of like to talk about their trauma. But there is a there's a relation to you guys that I never would have come across until I found a part of me like. And this is just me kind of oversharing. And if I burst out in tears, I don't apologize. Um, February of this year was really hard for me. Like, it was really, really hard for me. And um, Bree, who is actually somebody that I follow on Instagram, had posted AJ um, when AJ was the host of Love, Lust, and Badass Soul. And I followed AJ. And when I followed AJ, I found out about Love Less Than Badass So just by like being nosy on her page. And I clicked on that podcast. And when I clicked on that podcast, I heard CJ's voice. And I was like, he's, he has to be dark skinned. So I was like, I got to find this man. So I listened to a couple of episodes and I found him and I found that he had the awakened soul. And then from the awakened soul, I found change the subject. So. It wasn't until I understood my trauma and in that moment understood my process that even brought me to the pivotal point that is finding the family that is y'all. So I actually have to shout out to my traumatic moments in February of 2019 for getting me to this point because, my God, y'all have affected me in a way that I don't truly think that I ever would been affected if I wasn't receptive to total strangers because I trust y'all with shit that I don't even trust my relatives with and that shit is crazy yeah that's real too that's real well you know just a safe space yeah yeah and I think when I think about trust too um I don't think I need it as much as Mm -hmm. I used to because I'm like 
pouring all of this shit out. Like, I'm yeah. not going to hold it in no more. Like, I don't care who does what with it. Like, um, just as long as it's used constructively and positively. But, like, I don't think that I desire trust as much as I do peace. And I think that, like, trust issues ultimately create the chaos because, like, instead of you just getting it out, you're going to hold it in. You're going to not tell nobody. You're going to you know, you're going to keep your trauma sacred. You know what I'm saying? And that becomes just as toxic as just getting it out and saying, look, this is what I deal with. This is who I am. I'm going to be who I be, you know, and dump it. And so now I just, I don't really look for trust anymore. Like, I think that when I talk to people, I talk to people from the purest place. So whether you receive it or not, that's on you. Yeah. You know, but um, I always encourage people like stop worrying about trust issues because whatever you're saying, if it's true, you shouldn't be concerned about who hears it. It's the truth. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like get that shit out. And um, that's what we do. You know, we we talk. I All of us talk about like stuff that the common person doesn't even understand that this is you, too. You know, so it's it's a growth process that people get to experience and say, oh, well, damn, that's my circumstance, too. You know, and it turns over like a lot of traumas and stuff that you probably don't want to look over. But, you know, still in all, it's giving identity to things so that you can better care for yourself and construct a, a plan for your life that you know provides you a certain level of health experience sanity and peace like you have to have those things and that's all i've been doing and i want my podcast to be that too you know so if i ever was to write a diary it's on spotify you know what i'm saying like i can go back to it and hear my diary you know so i think that this is pure proof that you don't you are not what you grow up in like, I I didn't grow up in, like, the worst of households, but, you know, it definitely wasn't the greatest. But even in this conversation, it is pure proof because the 11-year-old me, if she, would t- if she was ever to hear me speak like this, she would be overly impressed. Like, one, how the hell are you still alive? And two... When did you become this insightful? When did you get to this point where you you were you were past your dealings? Like, man, and that's a story for itself. But I do. I, I really thank y'all for being the proof that no matter what you experienced in your younger years, it does not directly define you for forever. You can definitely heal from some shit like it's it's possible and in healing you grow to learn about things that you probably never thought that you would have to deal with but that's what the shadow work is for because when you deal with it in the event that it does rear its head again you have a better you have a better grasp on it so you're able to to not even just deal with it better but to deal with it quicker so you're not sitting on it for you know 30 something years of your life it it don't even affect you that heavy it's like listen this is what it is I've been through it before this is how I'm going to deal with it in the event that you know it's not exactly the same we're going to you know figure out the plan b and we're going to push through it but y'all are truly the reflection of, of not being 
the product of your environment growing up. Y'all some dope-ass individuals, and I love me some y'all. Love y'all more, man. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It's definitely going to be a part two to this, but I thank y'all for coming into the safe space and having this conversation with me. And we're going to have to make some shit shake again. We got to all get in the same room together. I think everybody's going to be at a pod connection. Yes. Um, yeah, should okay. be. Okay, so we will converse then. We're probably going to be in the corner so- with crying and shit. They gonna be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, shit. <laughs> it's necessary. So, uh, Queen and then BJ, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Queen underscore Poison. That is Q-U-E-E-N underscore P-Zero-I-I-S-Zero-N. Okay. And BJ, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, DergoBJ. That is D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And I have a show by the name of Change the Subject and Teach Me How to Love You Better that you can find all in one place on Instagram at The Subject Change. Those are my only two social media forms that I have. Okay. So find me there. Uh, you can find the lovable asshole himself, Mr. CEO Hayes, at... Uh, CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can find him on the Awakened Soul and Love Less Than Badass Soul. You can find me, myself, for your motivational minute each and every morning um, at Dem Chakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S on Instagram. Um, you can catch me talking some shit on Twitter, um, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Um, check out the podcast here and um, make sure that you guys send your emails in. I always link the email below because it's way different um than the actual podcast name but we've been getting some emails lately and i think i'm gonna send a couple to y'all because um some of the questions just a little too hard for me hopefully y'all can assist me with that but um we're gonna get out of here and we shall see y'all in a part two that will probably happen sometime very soon i love y'all peace peace So I said that I had a surprise for the kindred spirits who graced the podcast tonight. And these are three people who really check in with me and on a personal level, like outside of social media, really check in with me and choose to love me and really make sure that I'm good. And of course, it's reciprocated. It's just that the focus at this point now in this conversation is the way that they choose to love me. And I thank you three for loving me the way that y'all do. I really wish that I could fully put into words what it means when we speak because it does something. And I just, I love y'all. I really, really love y'all. And the surprise is the tangible gift that I would like to give to each of you um, when I see you again. The crystal that I use in comparison to you all when I think of your energy and I think of me. So I think of myself as my clear quartz and my piece of obsidian and how I am my own means of grounding 
and staying grounded. And I am my own means of detoxifying the negative energy around me in order to make it positive so that I'm able to be fruitful, I'm able to manifest, and I'm able to be all of those things. And those two crystals always work hand in hand with other crystals in order to energize them in the way that they do, in order to gain fully what it is that the crystal provides. So I look at how I am and I look at how you are to me and how we work hand in hand in order to be something magical together. Um, So to my queen, uh, Tanisha, I would love to gift you a piece of rose quartz because you are that to me. You carry this soft feminine energy and this means of like, love and peace and there's this healing property to you and just always in speaking with you you are just what reminds me to just keep that feminine energy and that you can be this feminine being and yet be so boss and badass at the same time so to you I would like to gift a piece of rose quartz if you'll have me to Mr. CEO, hey, sir, you are my garnet. And I would love to gift a piece of that to you. You are what helps to awaken my creative energies. So anytime that I'm kind of like in a rut or I find myself thinking of more content or we're speaking on content that we both have listened to um, in those moments, those playbacks or those creative meetings that we have, or even just through text messages, the way that your verbiage is and the way that you word things, um, the way that we can bounce ideas off of each other, you really do provide that energy to my life. Um, and you kind of lend power to my will sometimes. Sometimes I just don't want to do shit. Or sometimes, and you know, I be wanting to walk away so fucking bad. And you just, you will not let me do it. And I appreciate you so much for that. So to you, I would love to gift a piece of garnet. And to you, my brother BJ, my God, I'm going to get through this without crying. I promise you I am. I'd like to gift you a piece of Chalcedony. And this crystal is what helps to instill feelings of generosity and it alleviates hostility and transforms melancholy into joy. And BJ, there was a moment recently where I was going through it and it was like 10 o'clock, maybe damn near 11 o'clock at night and you text me And you ain't want shit. You ain't want shit but to check in on me and just to make sure that I was good. And you said to me, sis, you were just on my spirit. And that shit meant so much to me. And I think about those moments where we really just be talking. And you really, you, you really put it all together to make it make sense. And there are moments where I really don't be feeling like much. And sir, you really be gifting me that piece of happiness. Like it's really a a sibling-like protection. And it's really, really odd to me that it happened as fast as it did. 
but it's so dope to me in the gift that it is within itself because you remind me all the time that it's possible and that is people out here who going to love you through your shit. Like we love you through yours. Like you, you are the definition of what it means to heal. And what joy in the morning really looks like. So to you, King, I would love to gift a piece of Chalcedony if you'll have me. You three... Y'all make me cry. <laughs> and it's always good tears. I be purging. I be purging this spirit of mine. I promise you I do. And last night's conversation, because I'm actually recording this on the night in which I edit last night's conversation, did something to me. And lately I have been feeling like my well just will never run dry as long as there's people like y'all who will pour into me for as long as I will have y'all to. And even in those moments where I don't want to, y'all still give me more. It don't get no better than family. I love y'all. I Love y'all. I truly, truly love y'all. And thank y'all for everything that it is that you do.